0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Especially if, you know, you work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Quite the grind. End of the work week. Shout out to all those grinders who are listening to us on the way home from work, sitting in traffic on the turnpike. This one's for you. Uh... This is the NHL Stochastic Strategy Show, sponsored by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Josué Joshua. Uh, joining me, as always, Slim Cliffy Michael. How you doing today?
2: Doing good, man. Um, I was afraid I might not have power today because we got a torrential rainstorm yesterday, like hurricane season level rainstorm. Which I okay in January, whatever. I um, was worried we might lose power. Uh, power's here. We're good to go. Um was just thinking about or looking at some news for today's slate. Obviously, we're going to get to the Vancouver Canucks game um, later in the show. Um, they had Lane Peterson, on um, quote, the top line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko at Morning Skate. And then I just saw a tweet as we were coming on the air that Lane Peterson was put on waivers. <laughs>
1: He still can play tonight.
2: Yeah, so. he can still play, but um, they the the official wording was he has been placed on waivers for the purpose of being reassigned to Abbotsford. So, like, if he he technically he can still play tonight, I just don't know what's going on with Vancouver. Like, maybe there is somebody dinged up that might come in. Maybe they're gonna call up somebody else. I mean, we'll get to that show a little bit later, or that game a little bit later in the show, but that's just uh, a headache waiting to happen. Also, you know, obviously we'll talk about Toronto. Austin Matthews being injured. It That really changes the complexion of this slate. Um, there are only eight games. We've got a little bit of time to talk about it. Um, in my picked article, like right in the introduction, the one thing that's of note on this slate is half the league's playing. There are 16 teams in play. There's no Tampa Bay, there's no Boston, there's no Edmonton, there's no Colorado, there's, you know, Austin Matthews is now hurt for Toronto, like, there are a lot of the elite top options, especially amongst the forwards, not playing tonight, and I think now that Austin Matthews is hurt, it really cracks the slate wide open, and I like nights like tonight.
1: Yeah, me too. And Okay, so obviously Matthews is not going to go into the All Star game. Why did the NHL pick Barkov over someone like Timmy Stutzel or something?
2: Well, it should be Rasmus Dahlin. Like, first of all, like, like Dahlin's yeah. on pace for 96 points, which I think would be the highest for a defenseman in, in this century. And if he cracks 100, it'd be the first time in over 30 years, and he's not an All Star. Oh,
1: yeah. Anyway, Crabbe,
2: anyways, uh, well, the reason they take Barkov is it's in Florida. It gives it gives the Florida Panthers a, another All Star. Exactly. I like. I I don't particularly care about the All Star game. Like I'm old enough, or like it's not a big deal to me. I just, it, you know, I want I want it reframed that this it is a, a weekend for children. It's not a weekend for honoring the best players in the game. Because if that were the case, Rasmus Dahlin would have been one of the first five names listed, and not an omission. After we have forty players named. Five players like back out for injury or whatever. So five extra players. Like there are like 50 all-stars in the NHL in <laughs> Rasmusstal <Dahl> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, there has to
1: be a better way to do that. Yeah, I think I think Torts has it right. He's like, I just don't give a shit. And that's just the way to do it. I don't know why I sounded like Seth Rogan. I but, mean, you know, well, yeah,
2: like all-star games are for are for younger fans, like probably fans under the age of 15 that just want to see their favorite players play together. And I get that. I just, you know, like I said, I just want the debate reframed as one of a children's game and not one of honoring the best players in the league because it's clearly not the latter is clearly not the case.
1: Yeah. Anyway, NHL is a flawed sport or a flawed league. We'll say corruption from top to bottom. Find some new coaches. Like, why are we recycling Rick Tockett again? Never mind. We, we we have to be out at before three today. <laughs> we don't have time for these shenanigans. There is a bunch of people in here though. You guys need to smish, smash that like button. We need likes. Helps you guys get this free content. That's you know. Who doesn't like free? And after you smash that like button, if you aren't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. This isn't this isn't rocket surgery, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, if you're driving home from work, uh, or listening to this later, all of our shows are available in podcast form, except for Live Before Lock. Obviously, no shelf life there. Uh, please leave her a five star review, it helps us out as well. Shout out to Prize Picks, we have a nice deal for you guys a little bit later in the show. Let's hop into this slate, let's try to decipher this madness. And who will we come up with, shall we? Ottawa Senators with a 2.6 total heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 3.5 total. Anton Forsberg, Matt Murray confirmed. Obviously, the Leafs total has gone down. Uh, it was 3.8 this morning. Matthews ruled out, down to a 3.5. Josh Norris also out for the season. Sucks for him. Um, you know, Matthews probably needs to block less shots and shoot more, and he'd be spraining less knee ligaments. I digress. We have uh, Matty Joseph on the top line with Kachuk and Stutzla. Uh, Ridley Grieg in between Giroux and Kitty Cat again. Um, Leafs going with Tavares, Marner, Bunting. Tavares and Marner obviously have a big sample this season. I think Bunting is probably the best winger they played with this season i'll let you answer that for sure the second line is the all swedish line uh it's cali young willie nylander and pontus homeberg right yeah yeah homeberg's not some like slap he's like, like yeah i don't know if he's a top six NHLer, but like he can hold his own i think with those two guys on his wing so like i don't mind it like The problem here is with DFS, right? You're seeing massive ownership on this top line of Tavares bunting Marner. And yeah, this is still a really good matchup. Luckily, I guess luckily, Marner has a big sample of Tavares, but recently they just broke him up because they weren't doing anything. Bunting there maybe helps. Bunting does jump to the top power play unit, makes that top line fully correlated. But ownership over 25% here on an eight-gamer. I'm kind of looking towards like maybe that second line. Nylander on the top power play, getting under ten percent ownership here. Cali Yankrop, thirty one hundred low ownership. Like from an ownership standpoint, I don't mind that second line. I understand going to that top line. I just I just worry how the Leafs are going to react with no Matthews. Like it's an unknown. You can't really quantify it. Maybe the Leafs come out and just smash. But maybe they come out flat. I, I don't know. So, like, I don't really like paying 30% ownership here for some unknowns. I I think I like, honestly, the Senators side a little bit better here. There's no ownership. Just from an ownership play, like, why not play, you know, some of the Suns' power play?
2: Yeah, um, I assume there is going to be a lot of ownership uh, on that Toronto top line. Um, obviously, Bunting jumped up there uh, on the top power play. Um, at morning skate today. So that top line is perfectly correlated on the power play. Um, like you were mentioning tons of ownership over 25% projected um, on DraftKings, um, less on FanDuel where they are relatively expensive. They're 23 K 22,900 on FanDuel. So less ownership, but still, you know, in the mid teens. Um, Tavares, Marner, Bunting don't have a big sample they haven't played a lot together. Bunting's been pretty much attached to the hip with Austin Matthews, but um, they do have 60 minutes together, which is, you know, that's something. And they produced very well in, you know, in those 60 minutes plus 3.9 expected goals for, 3.8 actual goals for at five on five. Like that is really, really good. I'm not super concerned about um, a top line matchup against uh the Ottawa Senators um you know Matthew Joseph like he's fine but he's not somebody like I'm worried I'm considerably worried about defensively you know what I mean like this isn't a- adding like Jesper Fast or Nino you know, Niederreiter to the line or something like that so it's not a big deal for me um in that sense uh beyond that like the the Ottawa top line slightly below average by expect you know, Kachuk and Stutz are slightly below average by expected goals against five on five this year, well below average by actual goals against four goals against per 60 minutes as the Ottawa goaltending has been pretty bad behind them. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a perfectly fine matchup for the Toronto top line. I think I'm just with you. Do I want to play them at 20% plus? Um, you know, I bet there is some contests where, you know, with the lack of super high-end options up front today, I bet there are some contests where Tavares is like 35%. You know what I mean? He's oh. he's the, the one-off center to use. So I, I like I have no problem fading them at that ownership. I do think they're still a fine play. I'm kind of worried about how the power play is going to go um, without Austin Matthews. But I was looking over how they've done without him over the last couple of years. Cause you know, he has missed some games. Like he hasn't been a guy that's played, you know, 82 games, um, you know, year in and year out. He missed some games last year. The power play's still been good without him. Um, you know, only 35 minutes. So not a huge sample, but shot attempts basically right in line goals for down a bit, but still over 10 per 60 minutes. Like it, it, it seems like the, the power play should be, at least passable with him, even without him there. So they're fine to play. I just, I'm I'm with you. I think there's going to be too much ownership. One thing I would do to kind of uh, negate that is I think you're fine to take off bunting and put on Nylander. They're not going to just stick with these four lines and just roll line one, two, three, four, one, two. Three. That's not the way it's going to go. There are going to be some shifts where Nylander jumps on the top line. There are going to be some shifts where Nylander jumps on the third line. Like, Nylander's going to find a way to get to 18 or 19 minutes or whatever, right? Like, he's not going to play like 16 minutes or 15 minutes unless, you know, it's a blowout or something. So. I, I, if you're worried about ownership, you mentioned Nylander around 10%. I would, you know, I have no problem taking bunting out and putting Nylander in because I think Nylander ends up on that line sometimes this game anyway, and he gets top power play correlation and he's going to find his way all around the lineup. So that's kind of the way I would treat Toronto. I do think Toronto three is kind of interesting. Like they, you know, Engvall and Kampf don't really have bad numbers together. And I suspect they're going to get a little bit more ice time here. Like I don't think Pontus Holmberg is going to step in and play 17 minutes a game like Tavares was, you know what I mean? So I think Toronto three could see a small bump here. I I wouldn't force a need to with the lack of expensive options on the slate today, but like a one-off angle, one-off camp, something like that I think is perfectly fine here um, as a salary saving uh, option. On the Ottawa side, um, there's not a whole lot on the Toronto end that really worries me from a matchup perspective. It would just be that Toronto third line because they do play pretty well defensively at times. Like, I'm not worried about Holmberg and Jaren Kroc being like an elite defensive duo or something like that. So, um, I'm fine with Ottawa across the board. I would probably just go to Kachuk and Stutzla. Um, you know, Stutzla's going to play 20 plus minutes, you know, Kachuk's going to play around 18. Um, they generate a ton of offense. Their only problem is their league average shooting at five on five. Like, if they can ever improve on that, they're going to be, they're going to post like great offensive numbers. So, um, I would go with Kachuk and Stutzla. Like, the Toronto power plays, it's not bad, but it's not a lead or anything. Like, you're, it's not like a Dallas or a Carolina or something like that. So, uh, no problem with going with Kachuk, Stutzla, you know, Levon Joseph, if you, if you want to keep it cheap or, you know, throw on. Um, You know, the Brink cat or dip all the way down and add Batherson or something like that. I I think that's perfectly fine. It it would be um, power play players that would focus on on both sides here, though. I do like that Toronto third line and parts of that third line a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at Stutzel's minutes. His last 15 games, he was under 20 minutes once and he played 19 and a half. And he got as high as 26.
2: I think his first game back from injury, he played like 26 minutes or something like that. Like this guy gets leaned on heavily, especially with Josh Norris out again.
1: Yeah. So like he's getting 20 to 26 minutes, like more realistically, 20 to 23 minutes tonight. So yeah, there's nothing really on on the Leafs side, like to mention, that's going to deter me. From getting low owned senators in my lineup if that's the route i choose matt murray doesn't really scare me as well so yeah like all things considered yeah i like the leafs better but you know i don't mind low sends here low owned sends here and on the leaf side like i think willie nylander as a one-off is a nice way to get some lower-ish owned leaf exposure so i don't mind that Let's move on to the next one, trending towards a 7 over under here. Los Angeles Kings with a 3.2 total. Heading into Florida, the Panthers have a 3.6 total. Phoenix Copley is confirmed. I think Alex Leon is probable. Yeah. He is just not it, baby. Um, I think Sam Bennett's still out.
2: Uh, I don't think so. Oh, he's back? Yeah, he was at practice yesterday. Okay. I couldn't believe it.
1: Man, that injury looked really
2: bad. Yeah, I thought like I thought it was like, hey, he might be done for the season type of thing. Yeah, he missed that because he was injured Monday, and then I think he missed or injured Tuesday, missed Wednesday. Um, but he was at practice yesterday.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, if he's in, he slides in in between Kachuk and Verhage. That is a line that you know we both really like. I think it's a nice pivot off that very chalky Barkov line. The Benet line, they just been better. They just haven't shot. Their shooting percentage is an issue. But, like, you know, they can figure out in one game. You know what I mean? On the Kings side, like, if Leon's a net, I think there is a lot to consider on the Kings. I think you can go to the Kopitar-Kempe line just because you get two guys on the top power point. The Panthers take a ton of penalties. I think you can go to the third line with Fiala and Jarrett Anderson Dolan, two of them are on the top power play unit, and they're even cheaper. You know, Blake. you can leave Blake off Blake Lazad if you're not, or you can just play their best line, is Deneau, uh, IFL on Arvidsson. Like, yeah, Panthers take a ton of penalties, but they're also not very good defensively, five on five. So I think besides maybe the Columbus-Vancouver game, I think this is the game where I have the most interest on both sides.
2: Yeah, I do have interest in both sides as well. I did write up Anton Lundell uh, in the picks article, free to read for anybody that wants to go check it out, head on over to stochastic.com. Just go to the NHL section. It's right there on the homepage. Um, Lundell was having a pretty bad start to the season, 15 points in the first 35 games. Like that's bad for a guy that's supposed to be, you know, the second line center of the future for them. Um it has changed quite a bit because he did get moved up um, beside Alexander Barkov. He has seven points in nine games um, skating next to Barkov 3.6 shots per game, skating 17 minutes a night. Like he's been really, really good next to Barkov. But like you said, that Florida top line coming in with a lot of ownership, uh, DraftKings projected ownership coming in around 17% um, lower on FanDuel down around 11% where they're a little bit more expensive, but I'm um, still doub- easily into the double digits. They haven't necessarily been that great either. Like they're up over hundred minutes and they're sampled together. 2.1 expected goals for 1.9 against like that's really good defensively. 2.4 actual goals for like expected goals and actual goals are both below average that Barkov, Lundell, uh, Reinhardt line. Um, they're being used you know, pretty heavily in a defensive role. Like a lot of their starts are in the defensive zone. So, um, that's part of the reason for it. Um, but like I said, Lundell is shooting Barkoff. has started to come alive a little bit. Reinhardt's still in the top power play unit, even though he's not having a normal season. I just think considering their ownership and considering the line just really hasn't been that great. Like, I don't know if I would just full stack Florida one and be like, yes, this is the Florida. These are the Florida players I'm going to use tonight. Um, I agree with you. I think Florida, like Florida too is just a flat out much better line. Um, I was looking to see if their numbers might've been dropping off of late, but in the month of January, 5.3 expected goals for 60 minutes, uh, 3.1 actual goals. You mentioned their shooting percentage. They're shooting 6.3% this month, which is well below league average. I think the league average is 8.3% at five on five. And they're still scoring 3.1 goals for 60 minutes. Cause they're taking so many shots that's why their expected goals is over five um it's just a super elite line um, the you know going into that Kings second line really you know that sucks but um, I think until this left Florida second line shows signs of slowing down which they haven't yet at over a 100 minute sample I think they're playable in just about every single matchup and this one is not an exception so I do like Florida 2 um, the best here. I would just probably find a way to make it some sort of power play stack because the Kings, you know, the penalty kill is not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. And they are above average by time, shorthanded and per uh, game this season. So Florida could get their power plays here. Um, you know, I, something like um, Barkov, Kachuk for Hagee, I think is something you can do. You know, obviously like Barkov, Reinhardt, Kachuk, if you just want to make it a power play stack. I just think if I was stacking Florida tonight, considering all the ownership on the top line and the less ownership on the second line, it would be making some sort of stack with Kachuk and Verhage in it, I think. Whether it's Barkov, whether it's you know just having Bennett and going Florida 2, whether it's you know Barkov and Reinhardt getting all three guys on the power play, whatever. I would find a way to make it with Kachuk and Verhage, I think. On the Kings side, I like the Kings top line in this matchup. Like, I know... I know Arvidson and I followed Dano as our favorite line and all that. And Kings 2 was kind of our unofficial mascot. Well,
1: it's you're, not Trevor Moore, so we can yeah, exactly. Right? It's not Trevor
2: yeah. Moore there. Um, but the Kings top line has been pretty good with Quentin Byfield there. 2.8 expected goals four for 60, 2.1 against 3.6 actual goals for. So they're actually scoring, which is something that the top line had struggled with, even with Kevin Fiala there. You know, it's a. I think it's a tough matchup going into Florida one, but Florida is the most penalized team in the league. You get Kopitar and Kempi on the top power play unit. Byfield, like he, I think he has 13 shots or something in his last five games. Like he's he's getting involved offensively. He's not on the top power play unit, but he's getting involved and he's playing 15 ish minutes. That's fine for 3,500. Um, I like the Kings' top line here. I agree with you. I think the third line is in play as well. Fiala, Anderson, Dolan was And As I mentioned, Florida takes a ton of penalties. Um, Anderson, Dolan, and you both on the top power play, you know, I think those are, that's one of like the depth match depth lines you can use. Um, if you're paying up super expensive elsewhere, like if you're making a super expensive Ottawa stack or a super expensive Dallas stack or something like that. I think um, LA Los Angeles three is one of the fillers you can use, but it's Kings one in Florida two. I like best here.
1: Yeah. Um, whoa, went to full screen there by accident and my head looks even bigger. But yeah, no, like I think if you're not a byfield Stan, like he's the Kings have just a load of prospects and he's one of them. He's looked better since he's gotten up there. So I think you can leave him in if you want to take him off and put him Fiala, take him off, put him Jared, Aaron, Anderson, Dolan. I think that's fine as well. But yeah, this is a interesting game and probably one you need some of both sides. Let's move on to the next one. Go from peak nitrous to a sludge fest. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.5 total heading into New York. That's that, that, There's no worse place than going to Long Island.
2: <laughs> I think you say that every time the Islanders are on the slate.
1: <laughs> it's just It's just miserable. There's no easy way to get there. There's always traffic. It smells. Anyway, Magnus Hellberg is probable. Uh, they're back-to-back on the road, and Vili Huso went last night. Ilya Sorokin is confirmed. Detroit top line fully correlated with you know, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond there. No ownership on them. It's a small-ish road total. I, I don't mind them because the Islanders suck defensively. But it's Sorokin in net. he has had some leaky games. Like, Of course he's going to have some bad games when the team in front of you can't defend the puck. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, like I probably get to the wings and then i one to three. Probably don't have much interest at all. I think I don't mind the Nelson line here for the Islanders. The, the Red Wings suck. Like, there's no, like, they're the way these lines are is just miserable. The coach is LaDond Le or LeBlondy or Blonde, whatever he is. He's just searching for something to work right now. They're Magnus Helberg. You know they've had goalie issues outside of huso this year. Even huso's had issues himself. So I, I do kind of like that Nelson line.
2: Yeah, I. The thing with Detroit is there's just no ownership on them, right? Like that Larkin Raymond Bertuzzi line. The projected ownership right now on DraftKings is zero point five percent higher on FanDuel because they're a pretty cheap line to stack. up. perfectly correlated line to stack on FanDuel, but still only two and a half percent. And it's like you mentioned, Sorokin's had some bad games. I think part of it is because this team isn't very good defensively. I mean, I think Adam Pellet coming back, obviously, I think helps quite a bit. But then you lose Noah Dobson. So it's like, do you really gain anything? Um, So that Detroit line coming with no ownership, perfectly correlated. I think that's playable. You know, they have been generating offense like that top lines up to 90 minutes together nearly 90 minutes with Bertuzzi there 2.9 expected goals for 2.7 against problem is they're shooting three and a half percent um does that turn around against Eli Sorokin seems like it might last one more game but uh like I'm not playing Detroit in one to three or anything like that um but if I was playing you know 50 lineups 100 lineups I think a perfectly correlated top line doesn't matter the matchup perfectly correlated top line on an eight-game slate with under 1% ownership is always worth considering um, if if you have the lineups to do it. It is the Islanders' side that I'm more interested in here, and it is that Nelson-Lee-Palmieri line. They're coming in with a little bit of negative leverage, but it's fine. It's still 8% ownership, just over 8%. Um, Palmieri moved to the top power play unit. Nelson's off the top power play unit, but you still get two out of the three guys um, playing PP1. Uh, which is important because that Red Wings penalty kill has been not very good lately. I think they're bottom five by goals against uh, per 60 minutes um, over the last, over their last 20 games and bottom seven by shots against. So that penalty kills really been struggling. The Islanders power plays not been good. I mean, flat out, but it is a good spot for them to get right against a backup goalie team on the road, back to back with a bad penalty kill. So I do like Nelson Lee Palmieri. Um, you know, I think Paul Mary's cheap enough where you can just use them as a one-off if you don't want to stack the Islanders here, but it is that Nelson line that I like the best. I think it is a solid matchup um, against Detroit that probably doesn't matter which line um, they go out against. I don't think I really have a ton of interest in the rest of the Islanders. Um Like Parise Paggio on the third line is not what I want to look for. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think I would probably rather just play like Ottawa three or Toronto three or something like that or, or Kings three. Um Barzal playing with Beauvillier and is like Barzal and Beauvillier um well underwater by expected goal share when skating together this year. Like I don't think that's a very good line. Um so I'll just take the line that I think is both playing the best. Um has uh, better numbers together and I think has a better chance of staying together all game. And that's Nelson Lee and Paul Mary. Um, just watch the ownership. It might come in around 10%. That might be a little bit high for some people, but I think it's just fine in this matchup.
1: Yeah. Lane Lambert, absolute clown for power plays. Like just stack one unit and play. Them. Why are you putting Brock galaxy branding your best players onto a different unit? Matthew Barzell has played with everyone and the kitchen sink this season. Just put him with somebody and leave him there. Islanders suck. Long Island sucks. Eat RVs. Anyway, you can get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, and your first bet is covered up to $1,000 in first bet insurance. When you sign up, make a deposit, make your first paid wager at BetMGM. Make sure to smash that link in uh, in the description below. That's how you can do it you'll get step by step instructions you have to make a stochastic account if you don't have one which is free uh, you can make then you need to make a bet mgm account obviously if you're in a legal betting state you should take advantage of this cuz two free months stochastic plus platinum and a $1000 bet that's covered and if the bet loses you'll get back your bet and site credit equal to the amount of your first wager so go sign up go bet like bunting overs today you know what i mean Bunting to score a point, bunting assist, bunting power play point. Just do it. And just remember, the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus. And if you or someone else you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the next one. Another coach just galaxy-braining himself. Vegas Golden Knights with a 2.7 total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.2 total. Aiden Hill confirmed Igor Shosturkin is probable. Gerard Gallant at least left the kids' line together, who was easily their best line against the Leafs. Now, the other lines I have kind of an issue with, but I understand it's Panarin, and VC.
0: Seeing is believing, and you're not gonna believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural Quantum processor because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no website for details
1: like panarin and sabanajan just don't have good numbers at all together Kreider's advantage and VC have very good numbers together, but Kreider probably had his worst game of the season against the Leafs. So Kreider gets moved down to the second line with Trocek and Barclay Goodrow, who should be on the fourth line. Really? He should be in, in Siberia, but you know, he's on the team on one of the worst contracts in the NHL and even in the top six. So kill me. I, I think I'm just going to go back to the kids here. Um, they've started to get a bit more minutes, like, Lafreniere and Kako just have so much more confidence when they're playing with with Philip Filippito's having an excellent season considering he doesn't get any power play time. Um, so, yeah, I'm going back to the kids here. The other two lines don't really interest me. If you want to take bits and pieces for the power play, I think that's fine. Uh, on the Vegas side, Shea Theodore is back. Jake is rejoicing. Gets top line Taylor Hall yesterday. Gets Shea Theodore today. How can he lose? Stay tuned. We'll find out. Um, I don't really have too much interest in in Vegas tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point about Panarin and Spanish because they just have not been good together. Like this year, they're up to 135 minutes with Chris Kreider on the line with them. 1.7 expected goals for 1.9 actual goals for like that's just terrible offensive uh, numbers. Uh, you look last year, last year they had almost 125 minutes together, 2.5 expected goals for 2.5 actual goals for like,
1: they just don't mesh. It's they actually, mesh it, 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 on the power play, but
2: it's like 25% more offense this year than last year or last year than this year. And last year was still below average. <laughs> like, that's how bad they've been together this year. I do not know why they're skating together. <laughs> But they are. And it also makes it an easy fate. I mean, anything can happen. Like, I don't want to say anything can happen. There are a lot of things that can happen in a single night of NHL. Like, um, as our chat brought up a a little bit earlier, you just have to look at the late games last night. Arizona blasting St. Louis. Anaheim going into Colorado and beating Colorado by two goals. Um, You know, things things like that happen in the NHL all the time. But... We have a pretty meaningful sample, like 260 minutes of and Zabanejad or sorry, Zabanejad and Panarin.
1: They just don't have the eye test. They don't have the, the numbers. Any there's, test.
2: There's nothing. The-
1: even if you're not an analytical person, you watch the games, like these these people suck.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, I, I I you know, if you want to play them, play them. But they're coming in with negative leverage by the Top Stacks tool. Um, I'm not convinced that they're going to stay together all game. And they just have bad offensive numbers together. Like, I think it's a pretty easy fade to not play the Rangers' top line. Then you get to the Rangers' second line. Do I want to play a line with Barkley Goodrow on it? It's like a pretty quick no. (laughs) I... Like I would have a little bit of interest in a two-man of like Kreider and Trocheck, but even they're coming in, um, with reasonable amounts of ownership. Like I think Crotter and Trocheck are, are playable together. They do have good numbers together. I just think they have a boat anchor um beside them, so they're going to have to drag him. And considering the way the Rangers run their lines, they're probably going to run into Vegas two quite a bit in this game. And that Vegas two line, for as much as they're struggling offensively, they're still really, really good defensively. I just, I don't think the Rangers top line is any good. I think they're the good second line is in a really brutal matchup. So I'm with you. I think it's the kids line is the one appealing line to me from this Rangers team. Like, uh, because of all the injuries that Vegas has, like their bottom six is starting to get a little bit depleted. Um, You know, they moved Michael Amadio up. Um, Will Carrier is still out. Like, those are a couple guys that could make a difference in the bottom six that just won't be there. Like, you're going to match up. Uh, you know, against like Phil Kessel and, and, and Chandler Stevenson. Like it's, it's not going to be a problem for that kids line. And the kids line has been playing really well. What I meant, I mentioned Philip Heedle um, in that picks article again, free to read up at stochastic.com um, going back uh, six weeks, they have about 80 minutes together. So going back to the middle of December, 3.3 expected goals, 5.1 actual goals for per for 60 minutes. No power play time really sucks. But Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties anyway. So if you're targeting for the Rangers, it's not for the power play matchup. I don't know if I'd full stack the kids line because I have concerns like that they can score like three goals all at even strength or something like that. But a two man of like Hedl and Kako or Hedl and Lafreniere, like Hedl and one of the wingers, I think is perfectly viable here. On the Vegas side, the only line I'd have some interest in is that Vegas second line. Um, but they have had some pretty brutal offensive numbers for well over a month now. I imagine they're probably going to have to get some more ice time here. I think they're a reasonable ownership play, but it's they're kind of in that Detroit top-line boat. It's like if I was playing 100 lineups, maybe I'd have two or three in a single entry. I don't think I'm going to get down that far.
1: Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Vegas just so banged up. You just it's just hard to play them. San Jose Sharks with a 2.5 total heading into Carolina. The Hurricanes have a 3.9 total. James Reimer is confirmed. Auntie Ronta is probable. Team or Kevin LeBanc came back last game, slotted in with Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle. That definitely helps that line. Um that would be the line that I would want to play from the Sharks if I played Sharks. I'm not sure I want to play the Sharks in one to three. If you get to them in MME, I think that's fine. This is a Carolina game, and boy, do that top does that top line have a lot of ownership? Um, over twenty percent on Ajo Jarvis, Taravine, and I think if that's the case, I'm going down to Svechnikov, stasny Uh They've been, they've still been pretty good uh Svechnikov Natchez very good two man there their their prices have come down a little bit <laughs> like Foss Stahl Martinuk are going to take that hurdle Meyer line so like there's gonna be no resistance for either the Ajo or the Stasi lines I'm just going to the lower ownership here
2: yeah I just don't I don't think Paul Stasi is going to be on that line um they moved, yeah. They moved Yes, Barry well, in the lot in their last game. And I, I don't think they had morning skate today, but I was reading one of the articles from one of their beat writers and they, they had Cockney projected between Natchez and Svechnikov. I think that's important to note for a couple reasons. One, I think the Stasny that Stasny had started to run out of steam a little bit, um, like. I think he's my age, which is kind of like our age, which is funny to say, because it was like, oh, he's getting old. Like he can't really go for like 18 minutes a night or anything anymore. And he's like, well, I can't really do that either. Um,
1: I can't so, even walk up my stairs, So <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, The reason why it could make a huge difference is this, is yes, Cockney, I mean, his offensive impacts in the NHL this year are awful like terrible absolutely abysmal offensive impacts from cockney uh so far this season at even strength um by far the worst on the team like his his um negative impact offensively is almost three times larger than the next closest carolina forward like that's how bad he's been offensively if you look league wide he's in the bottom five of uh, regular forwards and there are over 300 forwards in that sample. Kokaniemi is terrible offensively. There's just no way around it. I think that he has good offensive skills. He just hasn't reached that level yet. Now, Natchez and Sveshnikov can absolutely drag Kokaniemi to some sort of respectability just because Natchez and Sveshnikov are such good players uh in their own right. Like it's one reason why Paul Stasny was like all of a sudden the top line center for this team uh when, uh, when Sebastian Aho was injured. But when Svetch and Natus have Kakaniami as their center, 2.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 2.7 actual goals. When they don't have them, over four expected goals for 3.1 actual goals. So goals for go up uh, however however you want to dice it, probably about 16-17%. Expected goals go way up. The only difference is shooting percentage. Like he's just not good offensively. Twenty seven hundred on DraftKings, like that's playable. But I'm worried. Like, does you know, does um Kokaneemi get moved off by the middle of the second period if this game's anywhere close? Like, do they move up? You know, Derek Stepan or does Paul Stastny go back there or something like that? Right. So, I don't really want to stack that line. The top line is coming in with too much, way too much ownership. Like double the ownership as they are top two stack probability. I mean, I you know San Jose generally has a really really good penalty kill. The only thing that ever holds them back is their cold tending. So, like, what are you really stacking from the Carolina? Like, I think if I was to play Carolina tonight, I would just uh, focus on the wingers. Uh, Probably one off the wingers, one off Sveshnikov, one off. One off Natchez, one off Terravine, and something like that is probably where I go. I don't know if I'm I want a full stack Carolina. I it sounds like famous last words. Maybe they finally burn me here tonight, but I don't like Hawkingami on that line and I don't want to go through all that ownership the top line has. So that's out for me. On the San Jose side, like that top line has been really, really good with Kevin LeBanc pretty much all season. Um, 65 minutes together since Christmas, 5.4 expected goals for 5.8 actual goals. Like they've been just torching the competition of all the like road lines that are coming in with almost no ownership. Like we talked about Detroit one. We talked about, uh, that Vegas second line a little bit earlier, Ottawa coming in with no ownership. I honestly think it might be San Jose had like the best, just because I they think they're the best line and they're coming in under 1% owned. um, I don't mind San Jose. If you're playing multiple lineups, I don't mind San Jose one here. Maybe someone
1: else from Carolina. Yeah, they have a brutal matchup, but like it's Hurdle and Meyer. Like their numbers are ridiculous with Kevin LeBanc. Basically, what I got from that you just basically said just Barry Yemi is Yuri Laterra without the drug trafficking problem. So yeah.
2: Your words, not mine.
1: Yeah, my words um yeah as we mentioned off the top are by prize picks and if you click the link in the description below you can get one free month stochastic plus platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with prize picks especially if you're not in a legal sports betting state like texas california florida those are the big ones maybe there's like three people in idaho who are playing dfs and you know Sports betting is not legal there, so you can go on PrizeFix. It's a daily prop-based contest, like betting parlays. No Sharks, optimizers, or mass entries. You can go up to a five-player lineup that can net you up to 10x your entry fees. You also can go cross-sports, so tonight you can do NBA with NHL if you want. Uh, So, yeah, make sure to click that link in the description below. Get your one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and a $100 deposit match bonus. So, let's move on to the next one here. New Jersey Devils with a 2.7 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.3 total. Devils back-to-back on the road, and Mackenzie Blackwood went last night, so it's probably going to be Vitek. Vanacek, Jake Ottinger is confirmed. Uh, Rope Hints is moved back up in between Pavelski and Robertson. It's interesting because they're not getting a ton of ownership here. The Devils defensively have kind of started to slide a little bit. Back to back on the road, under ten percent. I think you have to consider some Dallas one here.
2: Yeah, I glad you mentioned that point um, about the New Jersey Devils because you know it wasn't that long ago that this team was, you know, easily the best defensive team in the league, like base, you know, through the first month of the season or whatever. Their last 20 games, I don't know if people have realized this. They have the fifth worst expected goals against Mark, of five-on-five in the league. The only teams that are worse are Anaheim, Montreal, Nashville, and Chicago.
1: That's great company, by the way. (laughs) Uh,
2: Like, right ahead of them is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, ahead of them is St. Louis and Vancouver. What is saving New Jersey um, has been you know, reasonably good goaltending, 923 goaltending. But even with that, um, you know, with all their shots allowed, they're still not a top 10 team by goals against. So it's not like a brutal matchup at five on five, I don't think. You know, going into Nick Hishir, which is what the top line, the top Dallas line is going to do, is never, you know, overly appealing. Um, but they've been pretty leaky defensively. Like, they're up to that... New Jersey top line of his brat into and, and Andre Palat is up to 135 minutes together 3.3 expected goals for 2.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes like that's below average defensively
0: seeing is believing and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor because this is an audio ad unless you can see it which means you already have one Nice, Samsung, more wow than ever.
2: It's not really a brutal matchup, you know, back to back on the road. Um, I think that's you know, I think it's a pretty reasonable spot for Dallas. One, like like you said, not getting much ownership. Um, about eight percent ownership on DraftKings. Um, you know, very low single digits uh, on FanDuel where they are fairly expensive. Um, but they do have. Um, the third highest top two stack probability of any line on this slate. And they're coming in with like the 10th most ownership or something like that. Like there is good leverage on this Dallas top line. I don't think the matchup is as bad as it, you know, as this might've looked six weeks ago or something like that. Right. So I really do like Dallas one here. I, I don't want to say they're flat out my favorite top line on this slate, but if they're not number one, they're certainly in the top three. And I don't think they're third. So I do like Dallas one here. I think if you want to mix it up a little bit, um, like Joe Pavelski hasn't been getting super involved offensively, only 16 shots in his last 10 games. I think you can leave them off if you want to add like a Miro Haskin in or, or uh, you know, throw on Jamie Benn for the power play or something like that. But, you know, just leaving Pavelski there, I think is fine. Um, but it is Dallas one that I really, really do like in this matchup. Dallas three is kind of interesting as well. Uh, ben, Johnston, and DeLandria, they also have fair, reasonably good offensive numbers um, this season. Um, the New Jersey bottom six has really been struggling. So I think it's a matchup that could favor Dallas three. So I don't even mind like a two-man of like Johnston and Ben or, or DeLandria and Ben or something like that. So that's where I'm at on Dallas. On the New Jersey side, um, The Dallas top line itself hasn't been that great defensively. And if the New Jersey top line has struggled defensively, they've still been pretty good offensively. 3.3 expected goals for, 3.2 actual goals for. So I do like the New Jersey top line here as well. I kind of like both top lines in this matchup. Um, You know, it's just what you want to pay for. I think all things considered, I would take Dallas one, but I think New Jersey one is, is very much in play here. Um, not sure I'd dip down to Hughes, Sharon Govich, and Zetterlin, but um, you know, Jack Hughes certainly always in play no matter who he's playing with.
1: Yeah, if you like Jack, the price is the problem, right? Jack Hughes 8,600 back to back on the road when you can just put in Jason Robertson for 8,400 at home, you know what I mean? Um, White Johnson has quietly been very, very good the last month, so yeah, I do like Dallas 3 as a filler as well. Let's move on to the People's main event. It's my main event, anyway. The Columbus Blue Jackets with a three total heading into Vancouver. The Chemtrails have a 3.9 total. Elvis Mears Lickens and Colin Delia are probable. Your guess is as good as mine, buddy, with those Canucks lines. Um, Yeah, Rick Tockett started lines the last game. I don't think anyone played more than a handful of shifts together, like all game. So who knows? I mean, there's not like – I guess there is some ownership here. Like JT Miller is close to 20%. Uh, Kuzmenko, Pedersen uh, are above 15%. You know what I mean? So like I, I guess you can concentrate on the power play guys and hope that they do get some 5 and 5 time together. But like the Blue Jackets, for as bad as they are defensively, don't take a ton of penalties. So like I guess you can hope hope that Pedersen and Kuzmenko are together. Horvat and I don't even know. Like, I think you can one off Bo Horvat. On the flip side, uh Columbus One here coming in about 10%. They have a massive projection here. Um Canucks are awful defensively. Tacket doesn't care about defense. Like maybe he does, but he doesn't know how to coach it. Uh so yeah, I, I think I really like Columbus One here.
2: Yeah, the only road team with a higher implied total today than Columbus is Los Angeles going into Florida, um, playing Alex Leon. I think that kind of goes to show what people are expecting from Columbus here. Yeah, a massive, massive projection on Columbus one. You know, they have been playing pretty well with Boone Jenner there. Like Jenner's been injured and all that. So there's not a huge sample recently going back over their last 60 60 minutes together, 6-0. Uh, 3.1 expected goals for, 3.1 actual goals for. They're all between 23 and 25 minutes in their last game, that overtime game against Edmonton. Now, maybe they added a minute or two because of the overtime, but that's still, you know, between like 21 and 23 minutes. That's heavy, heavy usage. Um, Vancouver, I think the thing that's worth noting is they're not taking a ton of penalties of late. Their uh, power play opportunities given up per game has gone down as the season is more and on, especially over the last month or so. Um, but you're not stacking Columbus for their power play prowess, right? Right? Like you're not using Columbus because they're Colorado or, or you know something something like that. So um, I'm not worried about any matchup on the Vancouver side, um, especially if they do use um, Besser and, and Horvat together, um, Besser and Horvat and Mikheyev together basically league average by expected goals against. I think that's going to be shut down line. You know, a league average shut down line doesn't worry me against Patrick Liney and Johnny Godreau, and then he makes in the bad penalty kill. I think it's a pretty good matchup for Columbus one. That would be my other favorite, I think, top line, along with the Dallas top line here on this slate. Um, I really do like the way they play together. You know, Patrick, I wrote a Patrick Liney in that picks article. The thing that I mentioned is like, there are like any player can break open a slate on any given night. If you ask me, like name two players that are playing tonight that could just crack this slate wide open. One of them is Patrick Line. Um, you know, this guy can put up, you know, a hat trick with nine shots, like 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 nobody's business. Like he he has that upside to him. Even in a down, quote, down season for him. His 82-game paces this year are for over 35 goals and over 300 shots. Like, that's a down year. And, you know, there's certainly upside um, if Columbus ever gets their at stuff together, let's say. So, I do like Columbus 1 here. I don't think I would dip down into the Columbus depth. Like, um, I was noticing before we came on the air, it looks like Sillinger and Johnson are going to be playing with uh, Kirill Marchenko. Um, not sure Sillinger is at the point where he can carry two rookie wingers. <laughs> um, it, because Gustav Nyquist is injured, so it's Columbus won or bust for me on the Vancouver side. It's just Pedersen Kuzmenko. Um, as you mentioned, their last game they got broken up in the third period. It's the only line that I have any sort of faith will actually stay together. Um, horvat has been playing some pretty heavy minutes under Talkit. I think he's averaged 22 minutes in his first two games. So, I mean, maybe you want to get Horvat and Besser in there. But the Columbus penalty kills is starting to get a lot worse as the season's gone on. And now I want to get guys on that top power play unit. And that's Pedersen and Kuzmenko. They played well together. It's just a matter of who's the third wheel going to be. Because, we, like we said, it looked like Lane Peterson. But then he got put on waivers. So, uh, that's kind of up in the air right now. But at the least, I like Pedersen and Kuzmenko. But I think it's Columbus one I like best in this game. Yep.
1: Let's move on to the last of the night. Calgary Flames with a three total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.1 total. Calgary back-to-back on the road. Jacob Markstrom went last night. Got bu- <laughs> got wrecked by the Blackhawks. Daniel Vodar in net. And our pal, Party Marty. Senor Fiesta. Martin Jones in net for Seattle. Uh Maddie Beniers is hurt, so um Ryan Donato is moving up. Did you say what did you say Ronaldo? Not Ronaldo, don't worry. Ronaldo does not play hockey, probably doesn't even know how to ice skate. Maybe he does, but I think he knows hockey. Okay. Um anyway. And he play. Okay. I, I think like with the lines that they the way that they are, Tolvin and Bjorkstrand, uh Yanni Gord would be my go-to here it's just like going against calgary should be a tough matchup we just saw the flames you know or the the blackhawks slice through them like warm butter now they get back to back on the road like yeah i guess you know some seattle stuff is in play i just there's like other spots that i prefer in one to three if you get to Tolvanen, uh Tolvan and gord i think that's fine i i just you know not I don't think they're going to be a priority for me. Maybe I get a one off in there in my one lineup. Maybe not. On the Calgary side like like Martin Jones is just bad. So like you have to consider some of these these uh Calgary lines which are different. I don't like Coleman got moved up with Codron and Huberdo. Um Jacob Pelleter is with Backlund and upon like that's how they ended the game. They're not going to skate today. It's back to back on the road, so that's another issue. You have to wait and see what they're going to be in, in warm ups.
2: Yeah, I. The thing about Coleman is like he got he did get moved to a different line with Kadri and Huberto, but then he got put back with his normal line for the third period. And uh, Jacob Pelche joined Kadri and Huberto. You know, uh, I think it was Wednesday. I played Dakota Joshua because he had moved up in the third period of the last game for Vancouver, and he actually did something. I think Jacob Pelche is kind of in that boat. Uh, for this game as well. Like, I think there's a chance he starts the game with Kadri and Huberto, and that would be a pretty good spot for him to start. Um, the problem is, is like, you don't really need like a super cheap one-off or super cheap line in this, on this slate, right? Because there aren't a ton of expensive options. I think I would just go back to uh, Backlund, Coleman, Mangiapane, right? Like, I think that's their best line. The Calgary top line, 2.4 expected goals for in the month of January. That's terrible. Um, you know, the second line hasn't been a lot better. The third line's been by far their best line, Montrapani, Backland, Coleman, as we mentioned yesterday on the show. They're gonna avoid that Gord Bjorkstrand Tolvin and line, which has been really good defensively since Tolvin and got there, and get, you know, a little bit of softer matchups than the rest of the Seattle line. It's the Backlund line I like from the Flames. I agree with you on the Kraken side. Um, not a big fan of Donato between Everly and, and and Burakovsky. I don't think Donato's really suited for that role. I would just go to Gord, Bjorkstrand, and Burke and, um, and Tolvin. And I think there's a reasonable chance they end up with the most ice time as a full line here tonight, and they've been playing pretty well ever since they got put together, 135 minutes now. So I agree with you. It's that Gord line I like on the Seattle side.
1: Yep. That is the game slate. Coming up at the top of the hour in five minutes, we have the So Rare NBA show at 3 p.m. with Greg and Neil. So make sure to check that out um, coming up. At the top of the hour, let's talk some creatures that play behind the blue line. I think, who do you like here?
2: <laughs> yeah, for cheap guys, I think Sam Bolduke is the guy to name right off the bat. He's going to be running the Islanders' top power play unit, 2,500 on DraftKings. Not in the player pool on FanDuel. Always on the ball there, uh, FanDuel. Um, Jake Sanderson has been getting some top power play minutes of late for Ottawa. He's under 4k now for the Sens. Don't mind him. Um, Yanni Hockenpah, I think Hockenpah is second among stars, defensemen in ice time over the last five games, like ahead of Lindell, ahead of Suter. So I don't like, I like Hockenpah. I like Bolduc for pretty cheap, you know, Mario Ferraro. I think he's been priced now for the Sharks. He's fine as well. Uh, Jake Sanderson and Jalen Chatfield, I think, if you're paying three to four k for a defenseman are the two guys I'm looking at. In the mid-price range, Ron, uh, Morgan Riley and Drew Doughty. Obviously, Brady Shea got moved to the top power play over Brett Pesci for Carolina. So, I don't mind Brady Shea uh, in this matchup at home against the Sharks. Uh, Rasmus Anderson as well, because let's not lose sight of the fact that Seattle's penalty kill is really, really bad. Yeah. I don't really like any of the expensive defensemen here tonight. I think the only two that kind of stick out are Adam Fox and Miro Haskinen. Um, Not on FanDuel. Haskinen is like 7,100 on FanDuel, but uh, at least on DK, Haskinen and Fox are fine. But I think I'm paying, you know, 5K or less for my defenseman tonight.
1: Yeah, there, there's just not a lot of spend-up options. I think for me it would, it would be Fox, but I don't think there's a massive need to spend up here tonight. Got some interesting options in net tonight, some cheapies that I think we might be interested in. Who do you like and-
2: yeah, the I wrote up Igor Sterkin in my picks article. I think he makes a lot of sense. Jake Ottinger at home for Dallas at his price makes a lot of sense as well. Anton Forsberg and James Reimer are the two cheap guys on the road I was looking at.
1: Yeah, I do have some interest in James Reimer. You know, the Carolina come for the expected goal, stay for the shutout is always in play. Um, yeah. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Patty Liney, Let's go Jackets very nice very nice i'm going wyatt johnson i got to keep my spicy street going here wyatt like johnson like it so with the all-star break and the nhl scheduling this is the last time you're going to see us on the nhl show probably for a week and a half i will be on the mma show next week but you won't see us for a little bit it's sad but we'll see you in a week and a half um good luck everybody and we'll see you in discord
2: good luck everyone